short hair, I had the beaver cut. So I'm not obviously not doing that again. I didn't know if you're going to go Morgan Wallen on us or not. I, I mean, I could I could shut down the mullet game if I really wanted to. I could I rem- annihilate it. I remember uh, when Harbin was younger in uh, the youth basketball league, he had the little beaver cut going on. I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I had it for a long time. Well, we'll go ahead and get right into it. It's uh, been several weeks since we've been on the air, and um, so we're not going to talk the whole time about Harbin's hair. He still has, for those listening, he still has his long, luscious locks attached to his head, and um, he he told me back at a tailgate earlier in the year that he was thinking about you know getting a getting his ears lowered, but uh, he's we're in January, he's, he's still not done it, so. I don't think it'll happen, will it, Harbin? It will eventually. I don't know if this is the year, but it could be. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like Cowboys, you know. This year's the year. I think the best part of you saying that was when we were on the golf trip and we're eating. I think it was on Saturday night, and we're eating at the Mexican restaurant. And you said, "Yeah, I probably ought to get my hair cut so I look like a respectable human being." And right to your left was Andrew Taylor, who also has long hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that sounded like a major slight, and I, I meant no harm to him. But yeah, that was a little, little bit of a foot and mouth moment. But you live and you learn, you get better. Yeah, well, it, it's happened to all of us. So um, it's been several weeks, like I said, since we've been here. What did you all do with your time away? Anything? Nothing? Traveled? I'll tell you what uh, I did. I laid on the couch for two weeks because I was sick. So that was fun. Tennessee sports. Yeah, yeah. I got a. Uh, I got the flu and bronchitis around Christmas time. So I, I was I was down and out for a week and a half. Um, pretty much made a full recovery though, so we're good now. Yeah, I had uh, a <laughs> respiratory thing, so I feel you. I've been on since before Thanksgiving. I don't think, to be honest with you. Um, I don't remember. I'm a- I'm in, I'm in new digs here, got uh, moved homes, um, upgraded a little bit, uh, enjoy the holidays with family. Got Rooster, for those listening, he's got Rooster Cogburn behind him. My God, very good. <laughs> the, the original uh, Rooster Cogburn. Yes, not the... Uh, both are good, but that one's better. Both, both are good, but uh, that's the John Wayne right there. Fill your hands. Um, I bought that when I was like in the fourth grade <clears throat> and the guy who I bought it from, <clears throat> he was like at the mall or something. And one of those, like just novelty shops or whatever, back when it was a fly by night at Easttown mall around Christmas time, your John Deere store, your, you know, whatever. Then they closed down like the second week of January. He's like, I'll give you 10% off if you can tell me what, uh, what he says in that scene. And, I looked around, like I said, I was like in the fourth grade, and uh, I told him, and he was like, I never would have thought in a million years somebody your age would know that. And I said, nah, I'm a John Wayne guy. <laughs> it's a great it's, uh, it's a great scene. For those that haven't watched it, go watch True Grit, the original with John Wayne, and the new one with, um, oh gosh. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, yes. Both very good. Oh, that one is good, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Haley Haley Seinfeld Steinfeld's in it. Josh uh, Allen's that, girlfriend. The uh, the new the newest one with Jeff Bridges is actually more true to 
the book. Yeah, that's what I'd, I've never read the book, but that's what I'd I'd heard. Um, so lots happened since we were gone. So let me, let me recap it for you, Harbin, real quick, because I know you you've been sick, so I don't know how much you've been paying attention. But um, Tennessee basketball picked up wins against Illinois, NC State. While we since we recorded last, I'm not going to talk about John Tarleton State and Norfolk State, um, and we'll talk about the Ole Miss win later on, but. Um, back in December, a nice win over Illinois, who's um, top 10, top 15 type of team. So that was a nice win. Uh, Tennessee Volleyball, the ladies advanced to the Sweet 16, lost to eventual national champion Texas, went to multiple match points. I don't know if you all watched that. I think you all were. Um, that was really fun to watch. Volleyball is a good sport to watch, good spectator sport. A lot of action, yeah. a lot of quick points and uh it's easy to easy to look at the participants yes female volleyball i mean maybe male if you're into that thing but <laughs> i don't know that we are on this podcast but uh <laughs> let's see football schedule re was released we'll talk about that like the dates not we knew who we were playing but uh we didn't know when so we know that and signing day happened for Tennessee, early signing day. There's another signing day here in two or three weeks. Um, so um, I think Tennessee had a pretty decent class, uh, filled some needs, um, missed on some things that we'll talk about later on. I know Day Day was jumping all over me about my concerns. And there was some concerns from some people on uh, on social media this afternoon because, and I hadn't seen this, I'd only seen the the – the offensive tackle from LSU that was in the portal, but apparently there was an offensive tackle from Kansas that had entered the portal, and I totally missed it, but he chose Texas A&M um, here on Sunday afternoon. And, of course, there was a meltdown going on by a portion of the uh, – Is that the one that had it's the baby on the way, that the baby's going to be born in Texas? Oh, I haven't. I don't know. I had never heard of this guy. I, I didn't know he was on, even in the I don't portal. know which one you're talking about. So It's an offensive – a child. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll look up his name when we get into it, but I uh, there was a guy from Kansas. I just saw it on VolQuest. Yeah, I hadn't even I somehow missed that one. Um, but I know there's the the guy from LSU's in the portal. They're all left. That one would be really nice. That would be nice to have. But uh I think he was in town this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Not sure. I can't keep up with it all. I talked to a football player and I was like, Why aren't you at the um, facility recruiting. He's like, I don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's crazy because there's the early signing day. They've got bowl prep, and then there's the signing the the normal, the old school signing day, first Wednesday in yeah, February. Still got another one, so and they've got another one, and then there's probably going to be some that carry on into the summer with with yeah. guys. So I mean, it's it's like a never ending battle, which. I I, I think I texted you all a while back. I this this new college football. I just I'm not talking about necessarily the product on the field, but the the behind the scenes, the business side of it. It's just it it's not good anymore. I'm sorry, it's not. I may just sound like an old fart, but this nil stuff is getting out of control. The the constantly transferring is out of control. I mean, I was there was a basketball player. I can't remember what game I was – I think it was the Kentucky game. He's at his fourth school in, like, four or five years. Like, what is going on? 
But the COVID year just made everything worse too. Yeah. I mean, you happened. can't even do this in professional sports. You That's gotta, what I'm saying. This is not even free agency in pro sports. You yeah. got to figure out a way to, okay. I mean, you got revenue share somehow. I mean, it's not going to be the level of pro sports, but you have to, or you're well, going to have this the we, entire time. We talked about it, you know, and I think it was me and Nice. Uh, we're talking about how Nico made more money this year than Brock Purdy did. He's, yeah. you know in the hunt for a Super Bowl this year. So it's just, I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous. I, we knew that the rich were going to get richer. We knew, I mean, this has been going on for years, so let's not act like it's something new. The top seven stud players on each college team had a mailbox full of money or whatever it was. You know, somebody got a job, somebody got a house, mama got a house, like, you know, it's it's always went on, but like they just can't police it now. And it's I honestly think you should be able to get one transfer without being punished unless like a coach gets fired or you know, a coach leaves or something like that. I think that makes the most sense. Um, but it's just it's too much right now. Yeah, well they don't they don't have anybody to oversee it. It's just there's nothing. There's no oversight at all of it. I mean, the NCAA tries to, but their hands are tied a lot of the times, but it's, it's definitely not, uh, not our father's college football, college sports, to be honest. It's not just football. I'm curious to see how long the NCAA even has a, a say in this stuff anymore. Cause I mean, next year when Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, how much money the SEC is going to be worth I mean, if there is something that needs to be regulated, I mean, when will the SEC just say, hey, we got it, you know, you little peons go over there and take care of the ACC and the Big Ten. Um, you know, this is this is big boy football around here. We don't we don't need your help. You well, I think I think what you might see at some point is like a commissioner over the power five and then the mm-hmm. others will go there. I'm not saying the group of five goes away or not even – it's not power five anymore. It's power four. Yeah. Pac-12 has gone. Did you uh, – did It's going should... to eventually be just two conferences, and then they'll end up doing the winner of each one plays each other like Super Bowl style. That's what it's – ah, No, 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 no. You can't do it like that. You got to have a playoff. Well, or – I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, like it's just going to be two power conferences of about – yeah, I agree with the two power conferences. I'm just saying you got to have a a system to get to two. You can't just have because this one won, this one won. They played no. for championship. Well, you no, can you can do a playoff out of both. Well, essentially, what I meant was about <clears throat> probably eight teams from each conference are going to be are, are like it's going to be like sixteen team playoff ish. There's going to be eight from one side, eight from the other, and then the winner of each side's going to play each other. That's okay. that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I see it going. Maybe not the near future, but that's what the future is going to look like. Who did, did you hear? Uh, oh, who's UCLA's head coach? Used to be Chip at Oregon. Kelly. Chip yeah. Kelly. Did you hear his like what he proposed or whatever? Yes, I don't remember it exactly, but I agreed with damn near everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, uh, and like he made a joke. He's like, I haven't really thought about this before, but you know, if you put me on the spot, and he just like goes on a five-minute rant of how it should be done. 
<clears throat> and it was it sounded good um at least yeah <laughs> i i think whatever happens it's going to be coaches the big money sponsors and bowl games that are going to decide it isn't going to be NCAA right no well the NCAA doesn't really have anything to do we with want it. football anyway not anymore i mean they still have power over it unfortunately they punish it that's about it yeah yeah so yeah so the vols weren't in a playoff um but they were in what some consider probably outside of the playoffs in new year six probably the most prestigious bowl game maybe i don't know um i would think so i mean it's on jan one it's a january first i used to think it was it in the outback bowl and um I'm not sure the Outback Bowl draws as good as the Citrus Bowl does anymore. As far as I don't know, I Ever think it's since those. They changed the name. Yeah, I think it's those two since they went. <laughs> well, the, no, they didn't change the name. Yeah, it's the Re- Re- Rely Quest Bowl. Yeah, that's so they yeah. did change the name. That's so right. It's yeah, because I had to look. I didn't know what that bowl was. That they, doesn't quite roll off the tongue like Outback. No, but you know it used to be the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame game. And you know, Harbin, there's this trend going around, and this for people viewing on um for people viewing on <clears throat> sorry, for people listening on I'm trying to minimize my screen here. Uh for people listening on um the audio version, I'm trying to share a picture on the video version, and I'll import it in here if it doesn't look all right. They say people, white people don't have drip, Harbin. And let me share this screen so y'all can see it. Well, if that's true, oh gosh, what is this thing doing? Sorry. <laughs> well, I can't do it. I'll put it on the screen. Anyways, Pathetic. it's a picture of Philip Fulmer uh, after the 1994 Gator Bowl. He's got a mock turtleneck on with a uh, windbreaker that zips up, and he has it tucked into his khakis with a, a white Tennessee hat that says Tennessee on it with vols going vertically on both sides. I'll send this to you all to see if you can see it. Um, that is why people have – why people do have drip, Harbin. I mean, you're, you're case in point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a some – would, some would call it a fashionista. I would like to use a different term for it. But – uh, Well, I can't. What you're yeah. what you're verbally describing reminds me of a picture that I saw on 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 the X a few days ago. I think this and is it, where I found it because where he found a, it. It was a uh, it was well this was a it was a nineties it was a nineties playoff game I believe it was Don Shula's last game and it was against the Bills and I think my I, was the other coach Bill Parcells or uh, Bills and who it was Dolphins. Uh, probably uh, um, Marv Levy. Either way, I it, it don't matter. But um, like the whole thing was great. Like starter jackets, starter turtleneck, um, the the old snapbacks, the great hats of the nineties, and then the um, the advertisements on the uh, on the video board were Marlboro and Miller, Miller Genuine Draft, and it was just. Is incredible. That's the picture for the, and I'll put it on the screen, but just so you all can see it, that's the picture. Um, 
it's incredible. And I'll tell you one thing before we get into Citrus Bowl here. The Dolphins and Bills are playing right now, and I hate the Dolphins' new logo and uniforms. But yep. a couple weeks ago, they wore their 1984 jersey. They are so good. They're they're the best uniform I think I've ever seen. I'm sorry. They're <laughs> they're incredible. I think it was the Cowboys game that they wore those. Yes, and the Cowboys wore their white helmets with the all yep. white. They were, they were great, and you can play uh, with those uniforms on Madden because I was playing my little cousin at Christmas time, and I was the Dolphins. Yeah. So, um, speaking of awesome uniforms, Tennessee wore orange jerseys, white pants, like they should, and uh, took down. I right, taking down is probably not the right use of words. There, uh, pummeled, decimated the Iowa Hawkeyes, thirty-five zero. I practiced this. Let me see if I get it right, Nico. I.E. Maliava, I think I said it right. 15 to 29, 151. I didn't say it right. No. You butchered it. Starts with an E. Ia Maliava. Just call him Nico, okay? I'm pretty sure that I'm close to right if I'm not right. but I think it's Iamaliava. Or no, I messed it up too, I think. Oh, well, we'll figure it out between now and uh, September. I watched the video, (laughs) and it definitely was neither one. (laughs) Well, I can't help it. I'm I'm from Mascot. I can't help it. Whatever. Uh, Nico Nico was 15 to 29 passing, 151 yards passing, one touchdown, 12 carries, 51 yards, three TDs. Um, I'll just recap the stats real quick. Dylan Sampson, 20 carries, 133 yards. James Pierce, one sack, one forced fumble, interception, touchdown return on the interception. Uh, Andre Tarantine, Transfer from Ohio State, had an interception and three tackles, and I think three um, pass breakups. Um, this was Tennessee's 20th win in the last two years, first time since uh, 03 04 they've done that. And the first time we've won back to back bowl games since 15 16 season when we won the uh, Gator Bowl and then the Outback Bowl. Uh, Gator Bowl against Iowa, Outback Bowl against Northwestern. And I think the the last time before that was probably in the 90s when we won back-to-back bowl games. So um, a lot of gaps in there that are have being filled in with success here recently under Hopple. Um, I'll get your thoughts on Nico real quick, but my thoughts are he wasn't necessarily very explosive passing the football, but I thought he managed the game well. Um, the game didn't look too fast for him. Didn't It looked like he was just – playing football in high school. Um, again, I mean, I think I put 15 to 29. I don't remember him throwing that many passes. I think it was 12 and 19. I think I butchered that number, but um, – Yeah, it was 19. Yeah, I think it was 12 and 19. I don't know where I got 15 to 29 from. But um, but I thought he, he played really well, did a lot of good things. He had four total touchdowns, three rushing. Um, two of those were – near the goal line. The other one was, I think, about a 15, 20-yard uh, quarterback draw. Great block by Dylan Sampson. But uh, what was your all's thoughts on the on the bowl game? Anybody. I don't care who goes. I'll go the fact, that I, the fact that Iowa uh, played in a Power 5 conference championship game is a travesty. Um, the Big Ten West is now dead. Um it will it, it will be missed because those games were just hilarious. Um, but that offense is atrocious. Um, 
but I'm not taking anything away from us. I thought we played really well. Um, obviously, you win 35 nothing against the 10 win team. You're going to take out every single time. Um, I thought Nico played well. Um, there was, I mean, there's some things that he's going to work on. He's going to get better at. You know, you could just tell that it was his first ever start. Like, um, he took a few sacks where I think he just should have just thrown the ball away. Um, but the future's bright, man. Uh, I thought he looked. They look really good. Uh, Iowa gave up four rushing touchdowns all year, and he had three against them. So, I thought that stat was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, uh, we've kind of made a habit out of kicking the shit out of Big Ten teams in <laughs> both games over the last ten years uh, outside of that screw job in Nashville. Um, yeah, that's, that's about all I got. Defense Big, Mon- Big Montana. What Whatever, yeah. I'm Nico Yamaleava, and uh, – the, the correct way to pronounce my last name is uh, Ia Maleava. Ia Maleava, that's what I said. Huh. The second time I said Ia Maleava, did I not? I think so. I'm going to stick with the Polynesian playboy. Um, <laughs> it's exactly what he is. Um, Ooh, so? I think, uh, I think me and Harb coined that phrase. He did. Uh, a few months ago, um, trademark. Um, anyway, I think Nico was the best athlete on the field. Um, I think he made the game. Um, the offense just looked totally different. I mean, like you said, the game didn't look too fast for him. He steps up in the pocket, moves in the pocket. Just he's got eyes on the back of his head. He just looked so good. He did get sacked twice, and I was. Um, Disappointed in that. He didn't, he didn't need to throw the ball away. Um, I don't think he really forced anything. Um, I forget who the receiver was, but it was before the half, and he dropped in there on the sidelines. It's an NFL throw. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Keaton dropped uh, just a, a just a beautiful pass. Um, it should have been for a touchdown. Keaton dropped it, um, which would have gave him, what, five touchdowns? Um, five but, total, yeah. Yeah, five total. Um, well, he didn't we score on that drive anyway? Didn't he score on that drive? I don't know. I can't Maybe. remember. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna sit here and, and blast Milton. Um, it's just, I don't know. I just don't like the way things played out. Um, I've, I've even said this in like high school sports or something, and. I understand that, you know, emotions play into it and relationships play into it, but there's not a talent drop-off from a six-year senior to a freshman playing his first game. You can even argue that he's better. Um, That's my personal opinion. Get you a cup of coffee. Um, I really wish he got more experience this year. Um, I don't know. We've joked about it and said so much shit. I can't remember which side I'm on anymore. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. I'm excited. For, sorry, I was watching this Buffalo game. Uh, I'm excited for next year. Um, we're going to have a really good receiving room. Um, the running backs seem to be there, too. Um, if our offensive line can hold up, I think our offense is going to be a top five offense in the country. I mean, they're going to be running. 
it was so nice to see us play a little bit faster. And I think that, you know, it's not going to be – it's not as fast as where it's going to be. I mean, when this guy's, a, you know, got 10 games under his belt, they're going to be moving. And I, if you're a, a five-star wide receiver in the next three years, why in the world would you not want to come to Tennessee? It's going to be an embarrassment of riches, I think. Um. Uh, by the way, Day-Day Ball pointed it out. You couldn't see him, but Nico was sacked six times. <laughs> it was, oh. One guy had four sacks. Yeah, yeah. one guy vibes up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, offensive line was makeshift for that game. Yeah, really. I mean, I mean, it was. It's going to be makeshift for next year, right? Yeah, now. it's. Don't get me started. Oh. Uh, can I bring up? Can I ask? Can you I? Can I give my opinion? Go ahead. Go ahead. About sorry. Nico. I'm sorry. I forgot about you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, Sad. I'm gonna start things off that he overthrows just like Joe. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Keaton pulled up on that route, whether it was sun or whatever. Beautiful throw. Yeah, how how do mean, you drop a pass like that and then well, he didn't that drop one it. on the sideline? He didn't drop that one. It just went and hit in the end zone. The one he dropped was the slant well, across I, the middle. He, he stopped under, running. He stopped running. That, but. but, yeah, he makes the catch on the sideline. Bottom line is he's making NFL throws, even though he threw 19 balls. The most impressive throw in a – I was watching some YouTube video. Some guy was talking about it. There's two guys converging on him. Samson was sliding out. Nico throws it across the field, cross body, and it lands maybe two feet in front of whatever receiver it was. It's like if that receiver would have came two inches, it was a touchdown. But he shouldn't – there's no business getting the ball close to where that guy was. It was just his instincts. He's like, I know somebody's going to be over there. Chucked it. That's the big thing that stood out to me. He has instincts. Um, Joe had all the tools. I don't think he has those just instincts, basically. I mean, Nico knew when to run. He held the ball a couple times. But outside of that, his freshman mistakes, you want to call them, whatever, he's going to be fine. We just got to protect. So I, I hear this a lot, not just from Big Montana, but you see it elsewhere that Tennessee doesn't play as fast. They're too slow. Do you know that Tennessee was the fourth fastest team in college football this year? Correct. Should have been the first, the, the first fastest. So what? What were we last year? We were actually uh, slower in the Iowa game. We I were think second that was by design. We were second last year at. Let's see, it was a twenty a play every twenty point two seconds in twenty two twenty three, and in twenty three twenty four, we were at. We were actually faster, 21.2, but we were fourth in the country. That That's slower. We also – slow, Sorry, slower. Sorry. slower. We, we, sorry. We, all, we, also, we also scored points. That's the difference. That was that was the difference in our offense. We red did zone. Kick field goals. We had, we had a quarterback. It, it was red zone we, touchdown. When's I mean, it hard for a quarterback to score a touchdown? Inside the 20. And when do you have to think the most? Inside the 20. When he sucks. <laughs> that I mean, that was the difference. That was the difference. Well, I'm not I mean, saying that... Nico would have gave us a better record because I don't think he would have. I mean, it is what it is. He would have made freshman mistakes and we'd have end up with the same record. But it'd have been kind of fun at times. No, I I I eight and, I, eight I, and four would have felt better. 
How about that? <laughs> yeah, well, it would have been different. I mean, with the a... I, I would have taken seven and five with Nico getting reps over eight and four with Milton every day of the week. So you you would rather have us? I, I would rather I would rather go seven and five and lost to South Carolina or Kentucky, and for him to get meaningful game reps to next year to where we walk into the playoff. Because what – I mean, I'm glad we won that bowl game. I'm glad we won the games we won. But, like, if we lost to Kentucky this year, or we lost to South Carolina this year, we'd already be over it. And we would have went to – what bowl we went to? Mute City? Like it, maybe. It, I mean, you know, it's it's one game, but it's a game. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a <clears throat> you get more I mean, money. We got more money for going to the Citrus Bowl. That's true. I mean, I'm not. I'm not yeah, but what's that money doing? I, I really want to know what what's that money doing for us. I can't buy players with it. Not not um, recruiting offensive linemen. Not recruiting offensive linemen. <laughs> so I mean, is it really that big of a deal? Because all the ticket prices are up. Josh Heupel has obviously been listening to Dave Ramsey. Um, he's paying off all his uh, his the smallest debt to the biggest debt right now. Um, he's sold his finance car. He's got a used one. He's paying on, or he's paid forth cash. So just hey, listen, we're baby steps right now, guys. So um, I, I ask you all this, and let's make it quick. Before we get into our next segment, um, let me pull it back up here. So I sent this the other day. I actually changed one of them. The 2023 season, I put what were your good wins? What were your bad losses? I think I put biggest regret, but I think I meant what was the biggest disappointment in your eyes this season and the biggest surprise? I'll give you mine, and then we'll start with Day Day. My good wins were Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Iowa, even though they sucked, but they were a ranked team from a Power 5 conference. A bad loss, this is obvious, is Florida. That was a terrible loss. Shouldn't have happened. It was awful all the way around. We talked about it at nausea on here. Uh, my biggest disappointment in the season was the losses at Florida and Alabama. I think we blew opportunities in those games. Uh, the loss at Florida, like I said, we just played terribly. The loss at Alabama, you couldn't have played better in the first half, and you couldn't have played any worse in the second half on both sides of the football. It was terrible. And those are two losses that if you had those games back, where is Tennessee? Are they in, in a conversation for a New Year's Six ball? I'm not saying they, they go to the playoffs, but you take those two losses out of the equation, they're they're 10 and 2 going into the end of the season. Um, my biggest surprise was a player, James Pierce Jr. That guy had a phenomenal season just out of nowhere. I don't think any of us talked about that guy. I'd heard a little bit about him coming into the season, but he wasn't on my radar as far as defensive linemen go. I think that was Joshua Joshua Josephs um, because I thought he had a pretty good freshman year in, in 22. But, you know, he, he did not have the season this year that I thought he would have. But James Pierce was incredible. So, Day-Day, what's your good wins, bad losses, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise? Good win. I mean, you got to say Iowa because you beat Tim win team even though it's trash. Uh, probably Texas A&M. I can't count Kentucky as a good win. Sorry. Um, that's probably my only two good wins. Uh, worst loss, Florida by a wide margin. Um, they pissed that game away. Uh, and Missouri, I think that was a, a bad one. 
Um, not because I don't think Missouri was good, but you had the upper hand on them. Felt like just – and you went out and laid an offensive egg. Everybody wants to complain about the defense, but you scored seven points. That's terrible. Uh, you've been putting up 60 against them. Couldn't muster 21-something. It's just a really bad loss. Um, biggest surprise was Keaton at his drop-off, whether it was – he had too much, you know, like that was too much for him or it just one of those, it just had a bad year. That happens too. Um, I guess a, a positive surprise would be Haddon, how dominant he was until he got hurt. Yeah, that's a good one. I forgot about him. You're right. Big Montana, what do you got? Um, The worst loss. Uh, Florida, um, we're way better than Florida. Um, you know, have been a lot of the times we've lost to them. Um, biggest regret was the was the Bama game. Um, we did play play great in the first half. Those two set those two drives we set up for field goals. Um, if you score touchdowns in that game. Bama could come out in the second half and just quit. I mean, you go in down what it, what would have been, 24, 28? It could have uh, been, let's see, 14, 21. Yeah, it could have been 28. It would have been, been uh, 21. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you – I mean, because we, we waxed them in the, uh, in the first half. Um, and you know how, you know, teams are. They uh, go in there and think about it. You know, it happens all the time. They come out and then nothing changes. Um, but we gave them a little bit of hope. And I I, I hate that that about this year. Um, almost, I wouldn't say more than Florida, but it's up there. Um, and Missouri. Uh, we shouldn't lose to Missouri in anything. Piss on Missouri. Um, that was an embarrassment. I, I don't understand that at all. Um Who's our center? Maze. Um, he was my biggest. I, the, the surprise was he meant so much to a game plan, and you really wouldn't think that he would. Um, I mean, obviously, but the drop off between him and whoever was replacing him was that great that we struggled a lot in the beginning of the season when he was hurt. Um, Keaton's drop off this year didn't really understand that much. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, those are mine. Did I miss something? No, you're good. Harbin, what do you got? All right. Um, wins. Um, we'll go Iowa and A&M. Um, I would like to include Kentucky and South Carolina, but like Davey said, <laughs> those programs are not worthy of that. Um to switch it up, I'm going to go with worst loss was Missouri. Everybody said Florida. I'm going to go with the Missouri game. Um, still had a chance to go 9-3, and three, um, which some of y'all think there's no difference between 8-4 and four and 9-3. and three. But in my opinion, there is. Um, I mean, you're a 10-win team with the bowl win. So there's a difference. Exactly. Yeah, it could have been back-to-back -back years that we had double-digit wins. Uh, I said 8-4 and 7-5, and five, not 8-4. I understand and four. that, but – 
Um, in a a bridge year, you get 10 wins. That would have been absolutely huge, just optics wise. Um, that game was a 50 50 game to me, and I think we lost it at halftime. We were driving, uh, and we ended up fumbling. We let them get three more, and that kind of felt like the dagger. Um, let's see here. Biggest uh, disappointment or regret uh, is the Alabama game. Um, you're up two. You're, you're up uh, two possessions at the half, two touchdowns, um, and you have a chance to beat Bama two years in a row and end their season essentially. Uh, get keep them out of the keep them out of the playoff, obviously, uh, and then you just completely abandon what was working in the first half. Then make no adjustments on defense when they adjust on offense. Uh, that one was really disappointing. Uh, and surprises. Uh, I'm gonna try to go a little different than y'all did, just for content's sake. Um, not necessarily, not necessarily a surprise, but I'm gonna go with Jalen Wright. Like that, that, that dude was very, very good this season. Um, I think he exceeded expectations, so I'll say him as a surprise. And then uh, for for defense, or and then bad surprise was Keaton. That's one of the biggest drop offs I've ever seen. I have a wide receiver, just to be honest with you. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Kamal Haddon and James Pierce Jr. for sure. Um, Kamal Haddon's character arc was uh, was a sight to see. I hate that he got hurt. Um, James Pierce Jr. came out of nowhere and was an absolute dog. So those are mine. He was good. I mean, that was Haddon and Pierce were about as good as they you could have hoped for. Speaking of the 2024 season, we're going to move on to um, we're going to move February on. February 29th, by the way. <laughs> season tickets are February 29th is for the returning people, Harbin. But a leap year, leap. <laughs> it is a leap year. Uh, it is a leap year. That's right. Um. So they posted the 2024, the actual dates that we play um, everybody this year. And so I'll post this on the video version, but I'll read it for the for the people who are who are driving or working um, and, and listening to us. August 31st, Chattanooga and Knoxville. Moccasins are heading north on 75. Um, September 7th, got NC State and Charlotte. September 14th, Kent State, Knoxville. Uh, first SEC game is September 21st at Oklahoma, um, October 5th. And on the screen, you all won't see this, but you will if you're watching. Um, I, I put a YY8 logo next to the schedule, uh, next to this game on the schedule, but it's at Arkansas in Fayetteville. And I think there's uh, a lot of people going to this game um, that listen to us. Even you know, Big Montana and I talked about it during the ball game. Harbin, you need to go make plans. I know there's several from the Skybox planning on going and several other people I know planning on going. And it's a stadium I've got to go to because it's one I've never been to in the SEC. I've got Arkansas, Mississippi, Mississippi State, and now Texas to get off the list. So plan on going to that one. And then we've got a long stretch, four games in a row at home. Um, Prayers up to the uh, groundskeeper there at Neyland Stadium. October, hopefully the weather's still good, but they're going to have their hands full. You got Florida, October 12th, Alabama, October 19th, Kentucky, November 2nd, Mississippi State, November 9th. So four straight home games. 
Um, the, the bye game is between Oklahoma, or one of our bye weeks is between Oklahoma and Arkansas. Um, November 16th at Georgia, back home on November 23rd, final home game of the season against uh, UTEP, and then finish out the season on the road at Vanderbilt November 30th. So um, initial thoughts on the schedule, I I was <laughs> talking to – John Doty, listener of the show, and uh, my uncle, Eric. And we, you know, into the season this year, we weren't as, um, I guess, giddy, you might say, about next year because we all talked about this year as a, as a bridge season to next year. But I have some concerns about some depth at a couple of positions. One is offensive line. One is secondary. Now, I think the secondary played pretty well against Iowa, but that was against the literally the worst they offense. They couldn't pass the, the ball. I don't yeah. know. That, that was guy the worst was, passing I've ever seen. Their quarterback was terrible, by the way. He seriously looked like me in a football uniform. Um he was awful. I mean uh, he was uh, terrible. Uh, West, Tyree West, is that his name? Yeah. He said okay. something. They were watching film and he thought it was a joke that that was the quarterback. I mean he was awful. <laughs> like, like he was that. just he was literally throwing into double coverage. Like he, there was nobody terrible. on these guys. I don't know. It's, I mean, and the other guy did all he could do was run. I don't know if he could throw or not. He didn't really try. But that that quarterback room in Iowa is a mess right now. But um, I initially went like at the end of this past season. I'm thinking about next year. And I'm like, can we win seven games next year? Just with our, and this is before all the offensive linemen came back. But I, you just look at how where we were at at the end of the season with injuries, and it it was rough. I mean, that Georgia and Missouri game, we had no answers for them. And I know they're good, but even with those guys out, I was just I'm really concerned about the not the number of players back there, but the players that are back there. They have no playing time. They're very young, and we talked about this through the season where you had that that year where everybody left after the Pruitt debacle, and it's starting to rear its ugly head a little bit. And we kind of knew this might come, but that's where we were hoping that the transfer portal might, might bridge some of that. But looking at this schedule with the guys that have come back, if Tennessee can keep it together, stay healthy, I think this team can win eight or nine games with this schedule. I mean, you got Chattanooga. Kent State, UTEP, Vandy. That's four automatic wins right there. And then I think Mississippi State's probably, you know, a win for us. They're not very good. Uh, I think Arkansas could be a win for us. They're not great. Um, I don't know enough about NC State yet to say whether that's a guaranteed win or trending toward a win, but – they just got that uh, quarterback from Coastal that's been in college since I was in college. <laughs> about to say, that dude's been around for a while. Who's this? Uh, Grayson Powell. Yeah. 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 But you got – I mean, I I don't consider Alabama or Georgia wins. I I just won't until I see it happen more on a frequent basis. Um, But I I think Oklahoma is a winnable game, but it's on the road. This team – this program under Hypo has not played well on the road. Um, You got Florida at home. You said Kentucky was a great win. It, well, it was a good – I didn't say it was great. I said it was good. It was a good win. It was. Whether well, I know it's it Kentucky. At home or on the road? 
It was on the road, but okay, we've talked about this. Gonna... They've not played well on the road <laughs> overall. It. I know. You I know that. Played. Come on. Um, but you got Kentucky <laughs> at home. I count that as probably a win. Um, I, I don't know. You got Florida. I, I want to count it as a win because they're they're not good. That program is in rough shape, but we just got some kind of a mental block against us. It's like Kentucky against us. We just can't beat them. I don't know, what are y'all's thoughts on the schedule next year? I I think it can set up for us in a good way if things fall right for us. I think this upcoming season, record-wise, is going to be very similar to this past year. Uh, I think we're going to have an opportunity to win around 10 games. But if we lose a 50-50 game and we maybe lay an egg, like, looking at eight and four like that's just kind of what that's kind of what it feels like um we'll see if we can improve on the road um oklahoma don't really scare me just to be 100 honest with you especially with gabriel darting to oregon um but it is on the road so we'll see that uh that place is gonna be rocking um i feel confident about the florida game because it's at home um you say we have a mental block against them. I think it's a mental block there, personally. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it's I, I think it can set up pretty well for us. Um, we are going to have an opportunity to win nine or ten regular season games. Um, I, I'd say the line will probably get set at about eight and a half, uh, and you can take whatever side you would like. If you're yeah, winning. Uh- Nine ten games. Nico's not the dude you thought he was, because you gave him the tools. Got the running backs. Got the wide receivers. Yes, I get the O lines kind of iffy, but man, it was iffy with Hendon Hooker, and he won ten games. Um, defense is better. Uh, secondary is better just by letting those upperclassmen leave. That sounds awful, but it's true. In the defense, like Big Montana says, they're not there to keep you to 7, 10, 15 points. They're there to not let you score 30. Score 45 and it don't matter. That's it. Everybody's up in arms about the Florida-Bama game being back-to-back. I personally like it because I think we do beat Florida and I think our confidence is going to be at an all-time high after beating Florida. And you don't have the time to sit and think about it and wonder and go back and watch YouTube videos. Like you're immediately, it's basically one big game. You're going Florida, Bama, you know, as soon as, as soon as Florida game, it's, you know, zero, you're watching tape on Bama. You know, you're probably already been watching tape on Bama because they're probably not going to watch tape on anybody but Bama from the beginning of the season. Um, that's just, the way it is, and I kind of like it. So, uh, our our I'm second up. our second bye week is it between Florida and Bama? It's close oh. to them. It's uh, between Alabama and Kentucky. Okay, so we get the bye week after or Kentucky. Hopple, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is one thing you can say. Hopple is really good in his career as a head coach off of bye weeks. So it's incredible, is it not? R.I.P. Kentucky, back to the mines. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I the the I just looking at the schedule at from a distance. I think it can 
be favorable for Tennessee. I think you're looking at eight to ten wins. I mean, if I had to sit here and look at it right now, I would count Chattanooga in, as wins. I would I would say cautiously optimistic. Chattanooga, NC State, Kent State, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State, UTEP, Vandy. Um, Oklahoma, I would say more of a toss-up. Bama, Georgia, I would count as losses. Um, uh, who's going to be the surprise on the schedule? This are year? are we getting the Bama that um, that we played this year, honestly? I don't know. Or, are they improving? I mean, I don't because know. Who, I mean, their quarterbacks. I get that team was in the playoff, but <clears> – <throat> That wasn't a playoff Bama team. Georgia, I know Alabama beat Georgia, but Georgia is better than Alabama. I know it's tough to say. No, Georgia's the best team in the nation still. Yeah, they are. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> the best. Yes, Harbin. Harbin, your hand is up. Yes. I have a question. Um, will Nick Saban go and get over or under 2.5 centers in the transfer portal this winter? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you see where that kid transferred literally the morning at, or he yes, the morning like the next day. minutes after he was, I mean, or no, is, the same night. he was getting death threats. And, is Milro QB one? I mean, he's back. he's back, yeah, I know, but like, is he that dude? Yeah, I mean, who else the do they have? I don't know, took who else a miracle against Auburn, yeah. I mean, it's just blowing it. Hell, yeah, if you those two, they're not in look at their games, they weren't. They weren't Bama that I remember Nick Saban having. How about that? Well, we talked. We talked about it preseason that they were quarterback position was a uh, an issue, and it was at the first half of the year. And he got better as the year went along, and he was obviously their QB one. Because they started but... letting him run and be a running back. He never right made the throw that you needed to win a big game. Right. Now, this, this may be partially. And they beat Georgia. I get it, but he ran all over the place. This may be partially Milrow's fault, maybe partially my own, but this is the first year in the Saban regime that I couldn't rattle off at least one or two of Alabama's wide receivers just like that. Like they have no, like they have no big name guys. I mean, I I may be ignorant to that, but the I only mean, one I know is Burton, and that's because well, yeah, he's, yeah, because he punched. He's not big. I mean, he's not that yeah, great. I mean, yeah, he's whatever. But I mean, yeah. like, when you think about it, like. Like Julio, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, like you can rattle off like ten or fifteen from the past decade. And this year, like you've got a guy that was scared of a damn sorority girl in Knoxville. That's all <laughs> when you I was about to say the only reason I know who Isaiah Burton is is because he punched a sorority chick last well, year. Not, his name's not Isaiah Burton, so that oh, hell, I don't even know what his name what is his name? <laughs> I think it's Jermaine. Jermaine, Jermaine. Isaiah, who cares? I was <laughs> gonna say Trey. That's the one from Florida that Trey destroyed Burton. us. Golly. I and Jay um, are next to each other in the alphabet. Well, we'll have a lot of time this offseason to discuss uh, <laughs> schedules and <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. but uh I was wanted to throw that out there that, that was released while we were on our little sabbatical um over the holidays. But let's move on to more important things. Tennessee basketball, one of the best teams in the country. I say it all the time. They absolutely decimated Ole Miss Rebels yesterday. I tweeted that Ole Miss was mid, and Justin Grubb, listener to the show, tweeted back, old old mid, great tweet, <laughs> or X, whatever you want to call it. But well, quickly, some highlights. Jonas Adu, outstanding, 24 points, 10 rebounds. Zakai Ziegler, also outstanding, 
17 points, 10 rebounds, four of 11 from three-point range. Mayshack, my favorite player on the team, 10 points, four boards, four assists. Uh, Tennessee out-rebounded Ole Miss by 23, 47 to 24, just dominated. They physically dominated Ole Miss. And Tennessee, after a slow start, I think they started out like 2 of 13, finished 11 of 30 from three-point range. And um, it was the 12th straight win in Thompson Bowling Arena, not the Food City Center. Day-Day, you were there live in person. I was there. You still in your same seats? Same seats. Good seats, by the way. Um, What was your thoughts? Atmosphere, you said, was good? Atmosphere was fine. I mean, of course, people are going to complain about it, but it was fine. Yeah, let, let's get on Twitter. Get let's get on Twitter and complain about the people that are paying thousands of dollars for one hundred yeah, well, tickets that are sitting on their on TV. that are sitting on their hands listen, while they're at home. Listen to Dame Bradshaw, uh, losers. <laughs> I, I was at home, by the way. I'm not calling <laughs> up Ole Miss frauds. They had some pieces. I like their big men overall. I mean, they got worked by Adu, which is nice. But somebody said it. I don't know where I even saw it or heard it. It was like, Adu's already played the best centers in the nation. You're not going to throw many more at him that are going to give him fits. And he just keeps getting better and better. Um, people freak out about connect, not scoring a bunch. I think part of it is that was a serious injury, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, but he's not touching the minutes because I don't think they want to give him the minutes. And then you get people that say, oh, they're, they're trying to kill – Everybody run their legs out. Well, you got your best player sitting on the bench, you know. My well, my, fa- my favorite one, Dade. No, my it, favorite I mean, one. My favorite one is uh, Barnes already ruined connect. Yeah, d- d- got the knocked the offense out of. No, I mean he's still smooth. He's still doing all this stuff. He's uh, now the focus. And guess who's getting to take over? A hey, dude, Mayshack's getting buckets. Ziggler is. I mean he's back. That dude's back right now. Uh, You can tell that he stood in a gym and shot and shot and shot because he wasn't allowed to cut. And he just put up shot after shot because his three ball looks beautiful now. Yeah, he's been good. What do you think, Harbin? Um, We're just good. Um, (laughs) What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hard-hitting analysis there. Deep, Uh, Deep analysis. Uh, I wouldn't call Ole Miss fraudulent. Um, This was just their first test. Um, They hadn't played anybody. I mean, yeah, 13-0 looks good on paper in January, but when you break down the schedule and you've played um, Mississippi School of the Blind and you've played – Northview Academy. Played Jackson Music. (laughs) Memphis Tech. They beat Memphis Tech. He played Jackson Musical Institute and shit like that. I hey, mean, <laughs> Dana, I mean, you weren't you weren't on you weren't watching the game because you were there. But the announcer said Ole Miss beat Memphis, one of the best teams in the country. I said, "Excuse me, they're they're a good basketball team. They are not one of the best teams in the country." I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. it wasn't uh, Dane Bradshaw that said that. By the way, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> like we're a wagon, like. No, like you start off the you start the game off one for eleven from three. And I think we had eighteen points at the seven minute mark in the first half. You end up dropping ninety. And yeah. people are gonna find a way to bitch about the offense, which is just so funny to me. Cause you scored uh 
quick math. He scored 72 points in 26 minutes. Like, that's a lot. Um, I don't know, man. We're rolling. Like, we're, like we're, we have the depth. We are sufficient at every single position. Um, and it's gelling, you know? Um, I think SEC play is going to be really fun. Uh, do we still get – is it 18 SEC games? Yes, something like that. Um, you yeah. are very seriously looking at it. I think, I think if you get anything under fourteen wins, it's a slight disappointment in SEC play at this point. Um, I think you're looking at like fourteen to sixteen wins realistically. Um, the Kentucky battles are going to be fun. Uh, like I said last year, we they're always, yeah, they're very good. Um, you're realistically, probably going to split with them. Um, Auburn game's going to be fun. I don't, I don't want to look ahead too much, but but we're looking very good. I mean, we're we're number five. Uh, as the new poll came out yet? I don't even know in basketball. No, at, I haven't. No, it usually comes Mondays. out on Mondays. Mondays, yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to stay in the top five. I don't think anybody in front of us lost. Um, probably which, not. I'm not. I'm not getting wrapped up. Kansas yet. struggled, but you can't move in front of Kansas until they have a couple more losses. All right, at some point, I'm going to get you all to stop worrying about the AP. and. Oh, it's worthless. I don't worry about it. Kim Palm and Net is what you need to look at. Kim Palm and Net. I'm not worried about rankings in January and like Kentucky fans. you know, Triple J is playing like a five-star. Whether you want to admit it or not, that dude is balling right now. Yes, he is. Walk on. Yeah, walk on. That's all he needed was to be a walk on. Yeah. <laughs> he had to get that edge back. <laughs> Big Montana, what do you think? They look great. Um, I think they uh, they're playing good basketball right now. Um, I think playing the the tournaments in the beginning of the year, even playing a tournament at all, just being in that type of atmosphere is good for your basketball team. Um, <laughs> I'm not worried about those three losses to the the upper, yeah, echelon, <laughs> up, upper echelon of college basketball uh, in January and December yeah. or November, November and December. Um, I think they look good. I think they, <clears throat> you know, I think they need to start fast. Um, you know, it was a concern them, you know, starting out like they did, but they fixed it and erased all worries, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> they all look good. Uh, I think Triple Triple J looks great. Um, happy to see everybody getting involved. It's nice to see Adu get the minutes and get the uh, <clears throat> the points that he's that he's getting right now. Um, one thing that's always been an Achilles heel to us is the droughts in the games. Um, if we can get that fixed, then I, you know, there's not a reason why they shouldn't be an elite eight final four team this year. Uh, one thing I will say about the scoring droughts, which they're still there, but they're not like they was. No, yes, no, they're still there. They're not as long as bad as they have been in the past. But I think the biggest thing with this is when we finally snap out of a drought this year, we kind of go nuclear. And used yeah. to, when we snapped out of a drought, we just kind of got, like, back on track. Like, this year, like, yeah. it's like, damn, like, we, like, like they figure it out and then they make up for it and then some, you know. So, 
That's kind of been something that I've noticed over the first couple <clears throat> of season. Well, there's a huge difference in a three-minute scoring drought versus a five or six-minute scoring drought, too. Um, and that was something that really got them last year. Um, what was the game this year when Barnes said, I don't even know who my team is, or what, what game was that when we just got absolutely decimated? It was probably a North Carolina game. Yeah, yes, it was a North Carolina game. Yeah. Um, in the first half, he was like, I don't, I don't know who, who, you know, who these guys are right now. I really think that that was probably the best <clears> thing that could happen to us um, was kind of getting put on blast like that. Because, I mean, it just, it's like, you know, it's better to get it over with now than fix it than to let it happen in March or, you know, when you're in the, the, the do, I don't want to say dog days, but the dog days of your season where you're playing every Tuesday night and Saturday, you know, you've had, you know, time to fix it during the holidays and stuff. And seems like they have. I mean, Ole Miss is going to be a good – I think they're going to be a good team this year. I think their coach is a great coach. Um, I think, you know, they're going to make some noise and they're going to beat some Alabamas and Arkansas and Kentuckys just like we will, I think. So, it's going to be fun to watch. SEC is – there's five teams that can just take over, I think. There, I think I, I think the 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 UNC game, when you look at this team compared to where they were then, I don't think Ziggler was was at where he's at now. Um, no. Vescovy wasn't – and he – I think he even admitted it to – they were talking about it during the Norfolk State game that I hadn't heard this until that game that Vescovy apparently went to Rick Barnes and said – after that game, he's like, hey, my my mind's telling me to do this, but my body's not letting me do it. So he gave him like a week off or something like that. Because you think about it, and they were right, and I didn't think about this. He flew from – from uh, where's he from? Uh, Argentina? Uruguay. Uruguay, sorry. He flew from Uruguay to Maui, and then from Maui back to Knoxville, and then they traveled to Chapel Hill back to Knoxville. So he – he playing had a lot sports. of mileage on his body, so playing. Sports, I mean, I think not drinking my ties. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, <laughs> you came back from a hard tournament, go to Chapel Hill from Maui. Yeah, and that's your in first less than a week. Back. In less than a in week. Less than a week. I mean, it's hard. Like I'm not saying I'm not giving. They're young. They can adapt and everything. But it's still hard to come back yeah. from Hawaii. It took yeah. me a little while to get adjusted, and we stayed in California for three days and, and still coming back was rough you were on vacation exactly i wasn't down there working <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well it, you're uh yeah it's it is tough i mean no matter if you're 21 or 40 i mean it's you don't just wake up and get right back at it you're not superman um i don't know these guys are in pretty good shape but uh you could tell that north carolina game they came out flat didn't they looked like they I, – I think I texted y'all. It looked like they were playing in the mud, and they did not look like that yesterday. I thought the last two games, even though it was Norfolk State, I thought the last two games, this has been the best this team has looked this year, and I hope it continues because this is what they should look like every week because they, they have that much talent on this team. I am uh, – I'll call it anxious, but I am looking forward to seeing how this team kind of plays on the road. Because we, we haven't – I mean, we've had one road game, and it was against a very Oof. good – What? 
We've had two. What's we went to one? Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, beat yeah. them up there. And Michigan State. I mean, State. I know it was a long time ago, but, I mean, we've I, had I, two. Yeah, yeah. Totally forgot about that Wisconsin game. So, we've kind of seen two ends of the spectrum so far. We, we saw a really good win, really good performance, and then we saw us get dog walked. I mean, we came back a little bit, but it was too little too late. So Don't forget Michigan State. That game didn't count. It didn't count, but it was pretty much a regular game. They played it pretty straight up. I mean, I understand. Atmosphere-wise, yes. Because, I mean, that's what usually gets you when you go on the road is the atmosphere. So, yes, I'll count that part of it. But, like, run up and down the court. I mean, you're going to have a good atmosphere at Mississippi State. I don't know what Georgia's going to give you. But they're a better team than they were the last three or four years. So, I mean, they got to go in knowing that, hey, we got number five on our ranking. They're going to play us like we're number five. Well, let's do talk play, about let's do talk we play about, at Alabama. Uh, I don't know. We'd have to, wouldn't we? Because uh, they, I, think it, I haven't looked that far ahead. I don't know. Let's I talk about Alabama's very good. Knock on wood. Uh, we'll change that later. But let's talk about the cool. let's talk about who we got this week. Uh, Vols are at Mississippi State. They go to the Hump on Wednesday, and then they're at Georgia on Saturday. So I'll put this on the screen for the viewers at home. Uh, Mississippi State lost this weekend to South Carolina. They're 11 and 3. They're number 33 in the net, number 31 in Ken Palm. Their best win is over Northwestern, who's 67 in Ken Palm. And their three losses are to Georgia Tech, South Carolina, and Southern. So not a good loss there. Um, the FPI has Tennessee at a 60.5% chance to win. That went up almost nine percentage points. Um since before Saturday. Um, South Carolina's still dog shit, too, are they not? Yeah, they're playing. They've well. only lost one game or two games. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know who they played, but. And then you've got Georgia. Uh, Danny White's brother is the head coach. We're at Georgia this Saturday, 12 o'clock. Georgia's 11 and three. They beat Missouri in their conference opener. Their net rank- rankings 83. Their Ken Palm rankings 73. Their best win is over Steve Forbes' Wake Forest team. They're number 42 in Ken Palm. And their losses are to Oregon, Miami, and Providence. And FPI gives Tennessee a 73% chance to win this game. So, uh, two very winnable games. Two games Tennessee should win, but they're going to be dogfights. No pun intended. I mean, there's, this game's not going to be just a, you know, hey, we're going to roll in here and win by 20. They may win by 20, but they're going to have to work for it because Georgia yeah. Georgia's better than they have been, I think. Mississippi State has maybe fallen off just a little, but according to – I feel like to, they get their uh, – Mississippi State, that is, gets their uh, big man back against us. Oh, uh, Joe, Joe New or Joe, Lulu Smith, Smith or whatever his name. Yeah, whatever his name is. All right. <laughs> I- I honestly think that you need these dog fights. I mean, I don't, I don't want to beat everybody by twenty. I mean, I know it's fun and all that, but like, when it comes down to it, we need to be battle tested. We need to come from behind and win some. We need to win by five. We need to win by eleven. You know, no, you don't need to lose any to anybody. I mean, obviously, that's not what you want to do. But um, we, we need to face some some tests now because you know, in March, you you want to you want to be able to have that. You know in your bag one thing to watch in this mississippi state game wednesday is rebounding they tennessee's plus six on the boards they're plus 7.3 on the boards 
So two really good rebounding teams. Ole Miss was yeah. terrible. They were they were really bad. They were that like one sequence from four forty yeah. to like two minutes. Yeah, that like was six, five or six rebounds. Incredible. That should never happen at any level. Uh, Division one level. <laughs> never. I don't think that should happen at high school. Yeah, that's true too. Or a decent high school team. If it happens at Carter High School, I can promise you Tyler Kate is going to flip his lid. Uh, I mean, I was just like, what is going on? Yeah, Mississippi State's pretty good defensively, but they're not great (laughs) offensively. But they can rebound, apparently. They're 35th in the country. Tennessee's 58th. So, two pretty good rebounding teams going at it. Rebounds per game, 39.7 for us, 39.4 for them. Yeah, it's – and I was looking at Georgia. They are – well, I don't have theirs up here, but – Ole Miss was number 253 in the country, rebounding. I mean, that, <laughs> Tennessee jumped up after the game yesterday. They jumped up over 30 spots in rebounds per game nationally. So, Ooh. it was a good good win for the Vols yesterday. Do y'all think they go to, about South Carolina by a lot. Do y'all think we go 2-0 this week? 3-0. You know. should. Should. We should. <laughs> we should. Harbin looks like he's sitting in the shadows back there. <laughs> your when you sit back, you cover your your uh, your light up. You look like you're like sitting in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah. Well, that's they re- they released the uh, they released the playoff times for NFL. If you want to talk about that? We can very quickly because we're running out of time on this week's show, Harbin. Right. We're almost out of time. Saturday, um, Browns at Texans, uh, 4.30. Uh, it's either going to be the Bills, Dolphins, or Steelers at the Chiefs on the Peacock Network only um, at 8. Sunday is either um, the Steelers or Bills at the Bills or Dolphins, depending on this game, at 1. Packers at Cowboys at 4.30. Rams at Lions at eight, which is which is going to be hysterical to watch, just because um, Stafford's going back to Detroit and Goff's going to be able to have some revenge. And then Monday, the Eagles at the Buccaneers at eight. Who do the Cowboys lose to? Uh, they don't lose to anybody because they win this uh, playoff game at home because we don't lose at home. It is true. They played really well at home this year, so I am very happy. I will say this because I am a very realistic Dallas Cowboys fan. I know there are some out there that are not. Um, I am very happy that we are not playing the Rams and we are playing the Packers. Uh, The Rams beating the Niners today uh, bumped them to Detroit. That means we got Green Bay. Um, Jordan Love has been balling, and uh, we kind of struggle in man coverage a little bit, so that'll be interesting. However, uh, I like our odds against – a guy's never been to the playoffs before versus a Super Bowl winning guy that has weapons around him that are figuring it out over the last month and a half. Well, I'll be I'll be pulling for you boys. I know it's been a long time, so watch part of your house. What time when do they play? Sunday at four thirty. Let's see what's going on. We might have to do that. Hmm. 
Well, it's great to be back. I'm going to hit the road. It's late. I got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. It's you got, we got one more segment in us for our last show. Or, I mean, for, no. for back. I know Day Day no. doesn't. If you all want to, if you and Big Montana want to come back, we'll do it. What are we going to talk about? How Joe Milton's going to not get drafted? I mean, we got to do haters and losers. Yeah, we got to do haters mm-hmm. and losers. So True. we will have a haters and losers segment. We always do. <laughs> I mean, I I'm going my- to bed. Good night. Um, Day Day, you night. go to bed, get a good night's sl- rest, okay? I will. I got to get up at 5.45 for Ooh. some basketball. Don't mm. roll your ankle. Oh, shut up. That's awful. I'm I'm saying don't roll it. Like, be careful. I know, but that's awful. I don't want you to get that's hurt. That's going to be in the back of my mind. <laughs> I'm out of here. Well, Big Montana, you got a Stanley? It's a Stan. It's a knockoff. Uh. <laughs> We ain't got that kind of money, Mace. <sighs> I've, I've got a knockoff of mine, Lee. It's a what? I got an Ozark. <laughs> it ain't it's a Stanley. Yeah, so you got the stand. I got the lead. Heard that. I mm-hmm. want to start carrying my old beat up like Stanley thermos at my papaw. <laughs> That's one of the things I inherited from my mom's dad. It's like the construction site, Stanley. Yeah. I just want to start carrying that around, drinking ice water out of it like I'm somebody. Is it green? Oh, yeah. It's like the baby shit green, Kool-Aid purple for a week green. We, I don't know if it, I don't know what, I don't know what kind it is, but up at the farm, we used to have this little, this little uh, thing my Mimi would put water in for us when we'd, when I was little, they would actually go out and do, uh, you know, like, work in tobacco and you know do hay and stuff i'm just up there like cutting trees and weed eating and all that bs but we used to have that thermos they'd carry around and put it on the back of the tractor and i don't know what what kind it is it's like a brown and white or orange and white maybe i wonder if that's still up there i need to look for that next time i'm up there my uh this is personal my uh mamaw used to take this big two gallon igloo like it wasn't like as big as the construction site, but it had like the the push button spout on it or whatever. And we were cleaning their house out or cleaning the building out a few years ago. Um, I kept it because it was just kind of sentimental to me because we used to, for whatever reason, she liked the, the well water at home and didn't want to drink like the water up there. It's kind of water, water bottles were around like, water in a bottle was around but like you know they wouldn't spend money on water in a bottle when it come out of the faucet for free right and um so she would take it two gallons of water from home on like a camping trip so we'd have good water um but that's what i carry in my in my mowing truck now and uh it hits different that's for sure it's uh it's a good drink of water that well that well water is different than like city water it oh, just for sure. is it just, uh, we finally, we went to a well up at the farm, but they used to actually get it from an actual, there was a spring that fed my grandparents' house and my great-grandfather's house. Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, man, it just, some, I don't know what it was, but it just tasted different even than, than well water at my parents' house and definitely different than yeah. the water at my house. But it's... We, when, uh, I, when I was a kid, we actually had a cistern and... Uh, it was it was like that. It it was it's just a different taste, man. 
kids these days don't know what it's these like. Kids just don't understand, they, Harvin. They, they don't even drink their city water out of a water hose anymore. Well, that's, that's the problem. problem. You know, but back when back when I was a kid, you know, the most refreshing water came straight out of the hose. There's a problem with a lot of these kids these days. They ain't had to drink water out of a water hose before. On a hot day, you're out working. Wasn't allowed to come inside and get a drink. I mean, even when the one year I tried to play football at Carter and I was going to summer workouts, they had that that metal thing. I don't know what you even call it. And it would shoot water out like six yeah. different places. And that's what you drank out of. Yeah. Um, Very yeah, and we're still here somehow. I don't know how. Um, haters and losers, who y'all got? Go ahead. I got to figure it out. <sighs> um, I went back and forth because we've been gone a long time. Um, but and there's always so many options because oh, there's plenty out there. Like we always say, um, the haters and losers, of which there are. Many. The bounds are plentiful. Um, I'm going to go with one that it concluded today. It's kind of went over the course of how long we've been out. But I'm going to go with today. My hater and loser is Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> um, I have no allegiance or any reason to dislike the Jaguars, and I don't dislike it. But I am going to point out that this is one of the worst collapses I have ever seen out of an NFL team to end the season. Um, about a month and a half ago, they were nine and three, uh, contending for essentially like they were fighting for like a one or two seed, you know. Um, and let's see here. Uh, they beat the, they beat the Houston Texans on November 26th. Uh, that got them to eight and three. And the Texans were six and five and they had the, and they had the head to head at the time. Uh, they were in the driver's seat. They were they had big things on their brain. Uh, to end the season, they then lose in overtime to the Jake Browning Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they lose to the Joe Flacco Cleveland Browns, who are good by the way. What? Uh, they get beat twenty three to seven by the Baltimore Ravens at home. What? They get beat. 30 to 12 on Christmas Eve by Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What? And then last week, they played um, essentially North Carolina State, the Carolina Panthers. Um, they beat them 26 to nothing. And then all they had to do was win today against the lifeless Tennessee Titans in Nashville. To win the division, get a home game in the playoffs, and you lay the biggest egg of all time. Like Tannehill's starting. Um, hell, they're trying to lose for a better draft pick. I think. I wish they would have lost. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, y'all got a cool Derrick Henry moment out of it. Cool. But 
it was a win and end situation against a team that had literally nothing to play for, and you can't beat them. I uh, watched. I watched most of that game. The Titans were the better football team all day long. Well, I mean, and you get down first and goal on the two, and they stop you four straight times. If you can't go six feet in four plays to get into the playoffs, then you don't deserve to be there anyway. That's how I. I and they called. My- they called a quarterback sneak with a quarterback who has an injured shoulder and an injured foot. To go over top of the pile. To go over top. Yes. To reach to reach over top of pile with said injured arm. Uh, which I love this. Um, objectively, Doug Peterson's pretty cool, but he is Philadelphia to me, and I hate Philadelphia about as much more than anything in the NFL. So seeing that dumbass visor and Trevor Lawrence. Is he threw twelve picks in the last five games of the season? Yeah, he was not good toward the I, end, last half of the season. I saw a video uh, of this this guy talking about the Jags, and he said that if Trevor Lawrence wasn't billed as this generational talent coming out of college, that he would already be benched by now. And then directly after that, somebody put. Trevor Lawrence's career stats side-by-side with uh, one named Daniel Jones of the New York football giants, and they're damn near identical. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like passing yards, touchdowns to interceptions, um, passer rating, win and loss record too, which is hilarious. Um, Plus, Daniel Jones is a pretty good runner, so he's got all those rushing yards against him. So, and everybody, and Daniel Jones is always made a meme. Like everybody just makes fun of him, this and that, but he has literally had statistically about the same damn career that Trevor Lawrence has. So for those reasons, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, Calvin Ridley, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are my haters and losers of the week. You got yours yet, Big Montana, or you want me to go? Uh, I think we're going to have the same one, so I'll let you go first because I have two. Okay. <clears throat> mine might be a little bit out there, but mine is from the NFL world. Okay, um, he's kind of a D-bag, and he's ran this franchise into the ground, but it's the owner of the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, who was caught on video throwing drinks on fans at a game last week. Uh, who were they playing? I don't even remember who it was. The Jags. It was the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, I don't know what happened, what led up to this, but whatever happened, he was so pissed off that he threw his (laughs) mixed drink, not, not a, not a Coke or a Dr. Pepper or a beer, a mixed drink out of his, uh, suite onto the fans in the stands. What a D bag move that was. And that guy. He was in Jacksonville too. Right. It was on the road. It wasn't at Bank of America in Charlotte. Um, that franchise is a total joke right now. I kind of feel sorry for my friends that are Panthers fans that listen to this show, which there are a few on here, and uh, they're pathetic. I thought the Titans were bad. They're they're even worse. I mean, the Titans beat them this year. So um, that's my hater and loser. David Tepper, Carolina Panthers owner. And, by the way, that – 
Um, um, so I, I was wanting the Titans to lose, but I'm glad they sent King Derrick Henry out on a good note. Um, that guy, I know he's from Bama, but I, I love watching that guy run. There's many Sundays I'll go over to my parents and eat lunch and Titans game. They always play at one most of the time. And me and my dad will sit there and watch the game. And my dad thought it was like, man, I love watching that guy run the football. He is so good. Even at age 30 now, eight years in, uh, it showed today he's still one of the best in the league. I don't know that the Titans will bring him back, but and I don't know that they should if they're wanting to, you know, rebuild and kind of start over, but um he has been one of the best in the league and um yeah he's he's just been he's good to he's fun to watch. I hate it because he's from Alabama, but um he he's good. So I saw a really cool video today after their game um in his press conference. He thanked everybody that by name by name yeah. in yeah. every single department from uh maintenance to the kitchen crew to uh them social media guy photographer he named them all by name and like you can just tell that he's a guy that like you want around like if you like like if you have a franchise like uh and you tell he was raised right and he's extremely humble which it's kind of funny that we're it's kind of funny that we're talking about how impressive this is because it should be the norm in my opinion (laughs) Yeah. Uh, like the, the bar has gotten fairly low, but it is uh, refreshing when you see a guy that has literally everything and he's thanking people that probably make about $18 an hour. Right. And, and he, he might just think he's like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. But like for 90% of those people, like that's like the coolest thing that's happened for them in a very long time, you know? Right. The funny thing about it is, too, is, like, he's, like, one of the most, like, flashiest guys in the NFL. Like, he's known for, like, his pregame outfits and his shoes and his chains. Like, I mean, he's up there with, like, Cam Newton. But he's also just the most humble guy. And like you said, you could tell he was raised dry. Who's your your hater and loser of the week, Big Montana? So, I'm really surprised you didn't go with the MSNBC crew that broke down crying. Uh, look i thought about that but yeah. i it's like i mean that's i've used that that joe biden and and well, the left-wing I, I, wacko I gonna, so much i was gonna go the people that are still talking about january 6th as if it was like the darkest day in american history i'm i'm, I'm literally I'm, like, i was I'm thinking stick, about january 6th yesterday and i literally was shaking yeah um uh, i don't want to make anybody cry um, yeah, listen, we don't, we don't be I, I don't want to upset Grub. Um, so I'm going to stick to sports. Um, my biggest hater and loser of the week is Norby Williamson. And we can just throw ESPN under the bus, too. Um, I've been reading about this. I'm not a huge Pat McAfee fan. Uh, I do think he's entertaining. I think he's a breath of fresh air. A lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't want him on game day, whatever. Um, I enjoy watching his podcast. I enjoy hearing him banter with his crew. It's a lot like what we do. Um, it's just like watching a game with the boys. It's very barstool. Um, it's entertaining to me. But Pat McAfee just has the balls, and he is so powerful, and he knows his worth. And I love this. 
Um, he called out one of his ESPN bosses, Norby Williamson, a rat on air, and said he was actively sabotaging the show. So for him to do that on air and talk about one of his bosses at ESPN knowing, hey, if they fire me, we'll just go to Spotify, we'll just go to wherever, like, you know, this show's rolling. I absolutely loved it. Um, people at ESPN are so out of touch with the average American sports watcher. Um, we, I don't care which way you lean politically. It's separation of church and state. We don't want to hear about politics and we don't want everything to be woke or everything to be, you know, oh, it's so-and-so day in the NFL, you know, like I'm tired of seeing, you know, in racism in the, in the end zones. I'm tired of, you know, seeing, you know, oh, it's, you know, this cancer week or this, you know, whatever my, week. My favorite one that I, they paint in the end zone is it takes all of us. Yeah. like What does I that mean, even let's mean? Just, let's just watch sports. Sports is enough to unite everybody. It always has been. It united people in the, the 60s and 70s whenever these things were really important. And it's just, I mean, watch Remember the Titans. They made a movie about it. Um, but for him just to basically just set his nuts on the table and say, hey, and what did ESPN do? They said, oh, we're going to handle this, you know, matter internally, a.k.a. Pat, we're not going to do a thing. Um, Norby shut up. He's the only thing carrying our network right now. Um, you just got to love it. And I, I love how, you know, how guys who are good at, good at what they do and successful, they're not scared of people that say bad things about them. I love it. So ESPN and Norby Williamson are my biggest haters and losers of the week. Yeah, I was, um, I was, I didn't know that that had happened. And then I was sitting in traffic somewhere Friday, I think, and it, I was literally stopped in traffic. So I pulled up Twitter while I was sitting there and saw that it came up and listened to that, that little, um, that little side seg segment, sorry. And, uh, it was, I mean, he, he wasn't afraid to say it. I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. Fire him. He'll get picked up by somebody else. So who cares? Yeah, what I'm but that guy apparently has been, didn't he release some numbers of their ratings that weren't exactly correct. And that, that made, it painted yeah. the, the show in a bad light when that really wasn't right. true. Right. And there's also rumors that, um, I think, and this guy released it that, Colin Cowherd is going to come back to ESPN when his contract's up, and uh, right. there's several within the within the ESPN organization that want to replace McAfee with Colin Cowherd. So, in my opinion, in my opinion, ESPN has four employees that are literally carrying the company currently, and those are, in no particular order, it's Pat McAfee, uh, Scott Van Pelt, JJ Reddick. And Dan Orlovsky, those are my yeah, four. I like Orlovsky. Uh, Orlovsky's really good. Uh, it, it's just funny to see like like you have like you have these analysts that say something crazy, and then a guy that actually played the position and the sport for damn near ten years comes in with with logic, and they're like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about," and he just completely shuts them down. JJ Reddick does the same exact thing. Like he has shut down Stephen A. Smith so many times. Kendrick like I, How did I say? What about Kendrick well, Perkins? That's a bad yeah. example of a former player. Um, <laughs> he, did, he did get a ring in Boston, though, so he's got a little piece of my heart. 
Um, <laughs> I probably forgot one or two, but in my opinion, those are the four best ones because you you actually have three former athletes that know what they're talking about, yeah. and they they shut up the people just trying to say something for clicks. And Scott Van Pelt's just the damn man. He's kind of like the last of that old guard where Sports Center was like worth watching. And, Scott and uh, those guys, like, yeah, there's just not going like, there's just not going to be those guys anymore. I mean, people cried when that man died. You know, like he was like how people ended their day. You know, it, he was so special. Stuart Scott is too. I, was- I don't. I mean, Scott Van Pelt is too. I, I honestly don't watch Sports Center that much anymore. But if I do, it's that one. <laughs> Bad Beats is the best segment. Of all time. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, it's. I mean, for for what for what Sports Center and ESPN is now, like it's great. Yeah. Growing uh, up, who and were I, your, who were your employees? Because you 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 acted like I diverted off track. You, you acted like you uh, know who I, I, I liked. I liked all three. I wouldn't. I I wasn't even thinking about JJ Reddick. Um, I was going to say. Uh, Van Pelt, McAfee, Orlovsky, and uh, oh gosh, you made me draw a blank here, Harvin. Male, female, it's a male, uh, non former athlete. Uh, oh, the guy, the guy with uh, Van Pelt. Oh, Stanford Steve. Stanford Steve. Steve. God, I couldn't, I've seen him in my head. I like him. So I kind of threw him in the boat with. Him. I got you. I got you. I got you. No, Van Pelt Sports Center at night is great. I just remember watching Sports Center when I was little, and you had the two big ones back then were Dan Patrick and now Wacko Keith Olbermann. That dude's gone crazy. And but you also had Stuart Scott, Rich Eisen, and then you had um, he's actually. I loved, in, I loved Boots Gross and uh, Levy. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, good. And then you had uh, Carl Ravitch was on there. He's announcing now. Mike Tarico was on there when I was growing up. He's an announcer mm-hmm. now. I um, mean, I used to watch SportsCenter on repeat like four times. The same yeah. the same show. Like, oh, it, and, and it was only 30 minutes, and it would come yeah. on over and over and over and over again all day long. Yeah. Stuart well, Scott doing NBA highlights is one of my favorite things from my childhood. Like. His his recap of Kobe dropping eighty one. If you haven't seen that clip or you don't remember it, go look it up on YouTube. It's only about like a minute, minute and a half, but it's it's he uses like three or four of his like big time catchphrases like back to back just perfectly. Like it's you, awesome. Harvin, you you know who Craig Kilborn is? That name sounds right. So he was a Sports Center anchor, and he actually was in old school. Really. He so remember when they go to the birthday party and um, Luke Wilson goes into the bathroom during the birthday yeah. party and the guy's in there washing his hands but he catches him making out with some chick and he's married or engaged to the girl that Luke Wilson likes. That's Craig Kilborn. He was on Sports Center back in the day. Yeah. Oh, that that Norby guy also didn't like um, Stuart Scott. One of his uh, his lines or whatever and. Uh, he made a big deal about it at some board meeting back in the day, and everybody just told him to shut up about it. Because what a loser! What a douche! It was so good. It wasn't the pillow one; it was something else. <laughs> Cooler than the other side of the pillow. Oh, piss on! 
We'll piss, piss on him. <laughs> piss on him. You got any New Year's resolutions, uh, Harbin, before we get out of here? Um, I am going to, in 20, 2024, quit overreacting to uh, bowl like games. Tally. I, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to not acknowledge him in 2024. He is going to acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. Um, I'm going to quit overreacting to ball game stuff. Uh, I'm going to quit getting upset at November losses in college basketball. And um, if Tennessee baseball loses in March or April, I'm not going to act like the sky is falling. Uh, and go ahead. And um. I was trying to think of something for the Cowboys, but I, I got desensitized to them a while ago. Um, I just hope San Francisco doesn't end their season for the third straight year. That might that might actually – I might not see 2025 if that happens. <laughs> so. By the way, you talked about Tennessee baseball. I drove uh, by there this past week over at the stadium just to check out the construction, and it's really come along over there. I don't think it's going to be ready for, the, for this season, um, but – uh, that whole left field line has now got uh, has now got uh, bleachers in it, so uh, kind of filling in around. So it'd be cool to see what that looks like. Um, I saw where it was funny. They put up a graph of average attendance in in baseball. I think last year in Tennessee, I mean, it was one of the lowest ones in the SEC, but it was like forty three hundred per game. I mean, before Vitello came, they couldn't get 4,300 people to even think about coming to the game. It may have been 1,500 or 2,000, but that was the total of the year. Yeah, that that's going to change uh, as soon as this stadium's done. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, hopefully, I get uh, some tickets at some point because I put a deposit down for two. So I think Day Day did it as well. So hopefully, we get those. Here's something. Um, this is random, um, but I would love for Tennessee to wear some throwbacks outside of the cream jerseys with the with the cursive. Um, bring back the vests, like Todd Helton era vests. <sighs> they're kind of ugly, but they're not. If that makes sense, like they're, they're like good. They're nostalgically ugly. If that makes sense, kind of like these hat. This hat I got on that was right. Todd Helton era yeah. hat. Yeah, not a great hat, but it's nostalgically. It's nostalgic, so this is a great hat. That's okay, um, <laughs> and like and like the I don't know. I, I just that was a random thought. Uh, bring back, bring vests back in twenty twenty four. You know, Carter High School in in two thousand two, we had uh, vest baseball jerseys, and they were fantastic. And everybody everybody hated them. I don't know why. So on. Um, I think the first we played a home game district tournament my senior year, and I got to pick. And Coach Rimmer said, "Niece, it's your turn to pick." And I remember Chagrub, Travis Bell, and somebody else looking at me, and they knew what I was picking because they always wanted to wear green tops, pinstripe pants, and I said, "We're wearing all white," and they were great white jerseys, green lettering and numbers on them. You wore a green T-shirt or a long-sleeve shirt under it. They were fantastic. Green and white, no black, no gray. Our hats were green and white. What? The way it should be. 
What? Uh, while, while we're on the baseball topic, uh, random, just completely random. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks need to go back to purple as their that teal and purple or whatever it was. Oh, yes, they they wore them a couple times as throwbacks this year. They just need to go back. I mean, that those were so good. And the Florida Marlins do too, or sorry, Miami. Yeah, their uniforms suck. Man, just, just jerseys in general in the nineties. Like I'll say, I'll say nineties. Or I mean, like with the NBA, like ever since Nike has taken over the NBA jerseys, they've completely ruined them. Like some of these uh, city edition jerseys are some of the god awfulest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know me, I'm, I'm a big NBA guy. I know you aren't really uh, big on the NBA, but the courts for that in season tournament were was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. And uh, some of these jerseys, man, like just in just in general, like this, like modern, like modernization and like simplistic shit. It looks ugly. Like it looks like something you could make in Microsoft Word in like five <laughs> minutes. Like it's gross. Go They're back. Bad. To, like, They're three, bad. Like the old school Mavs jerseys with cowboy hat. Uh, the Jazz jerseys with the mountains on them. Uh, the Raptors with their little their little dinosaur on them. Like they were all, they they were just good. I mean, I flipped around and saw the Cowboys playing the Commanders today. How terrible are the Commanders uniforms? Yep. Uh, they will be the Redskins again in the next, I'm going to say, I'll be conservative and say four years. It's coming back at some point. I was talking to this guy that works for us. He always, older guy, um, I, well, you all probably, some of the people know, Knowing that listening to this show, Lefty, old umpire, he comes in every Saturday to the gym and he's got a Washington Redskins jacket on. I mean, and it's from the 90s and it's awesome. I, I love it. He always asks me, he's like, when are you going to get me one of them uh, Parks and Rec jackets? I'm like, when you give me your Redskins jacket, because that jacket <laughs> is awesome. I remember my papa used to wear a Redskins jacket all the time. I was going to uh, Carter High School last week for the, um, or a couple weeks ago for the Christmas tournament and was stopped at the red light and a guy in front of me had his uh, spare tire on the back of his car and it was a Washington Redskins tire cover on the, uh, on the back of the car. It was awesome. Um, but you're right. That's 70 sports account that's on Twitter. They posted something the other day. They're like, tell me these logos aren't better than today's logos. And it was all the NBA logos from the eighties. I think like the 76ers, the Bullets, the Mavericks, uh, Celtics were on there, obviously, the old Charlotte Hornets logo. I mean, they were great and they just stink today. They just stink. Everything sucks now. <laughs> yeah. It does. Uh, it sucks. All right. What's your, what's your resolutions, Nace? Uh, to do more Zen. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, uh, my resolution is I was thinking about this the other day. My papa used to do this is to start burning some of my garbage. Mm. And my papa used to burn his garbage all the time. He'd have this big steel uh, garbage can out in his backyard. And instead of going to the dump, which I like going to the dump, uh, it's not as uh, Andrew Taylor always said going to the dump was a good networking opportunity, but <laughs> you don't really <laughs> you don't really sit in line anymore at the garbage dump because they've made it yeah. so easy to get in and out. 
Yeah. But, uh, and we'll start trying to, not all my garbage, but, you know, just start trying to burn some of my garbage here in the backyard. Try okay. to help, you know, stop trying to put it in the ground. I'll just send it up in the air. Yeah. I'm polluting the earth. I'm going to pollute the earth one way or another. So I'll have to send it upward instead of in the ground. What about you? What, what's, uh, what's new for you going into 2024? Um, I've, I've got to stop cursing. I've got, I've got two <laughs> kids. Um, Griffin's out of hand. Lily knows what the words are now. Uh-oh. And, I, and I, I don't, I don't use like the bad ones, but like, you know, shit fire and stuff like that. Got to cut that out of my life. Um, I'm going to grow a garden this year. Um, something little, just, uh, nothing, nothing big, but just a little patch, put some maters out there. Um, get back to my roots a little bit. I think that's a, uh, tearing the, tearing the earth with a shovel is a, is a good, uh, humbling experience for a young man. Um, yeah, I'd like to shed a few pounds, get rid of a couple honey buns here and there and, you know, see what we can do that. And uh, my big one is uh, to not yell out of anger, whether it be at home or work or traffic. Just need to let some stuff just slide down the old back. Quit getting so worried about stuff. Uh, those are mine. Good resolutions. Well, <laughs> hopefully we follow through with them. Oh shit. Mine was more of a joke. I don't really do resolutions. Um <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I've just never really done that. I mean, you can wake up in May and decide like, hey, I'm gonna do this instead, you know. Yeah. Which I understand. I mean it's a tradition and a fad and people do it. Uh the uh the workout gyms are gonna be extremely crowded uh for the next week and a half, two weeks. Uh <laughs> and then they're gonna go back to uh they're gonna go back to normal. Until about uh, March hits, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, I gotta get rid of this winter body." Yeah, and then for full season, and they'll die off again, and that's just kind of how uh, how gym traffic goes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm hoping some things in 2024 happen. Um, I was talking to my uncle yesterday. I really hope in the in early April that I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Final Four. Mm. And I think this team has a legit shot to do it. If things fall their way and they play like they're supposed to, I think the Vols have every chance and opportunity to go to the Final Four. It's probably their best chance since 2019, obviously, but this could be one of their best chances ever to go to the Final Four. They just got to figure out how to do, how to finish it and do it. Just, just win the damn game. Just do it. Hey Montana, uh, I've got a I've, a thought just popped in my head. Uh, this actually, this actually may be the turning point for Tennessee basketball. I'm thinking about this. So, the Farmers Almanac and all the little woolly boogers and everything. I'm have, already, I'm already, have, already picked my interest. All right, uh, everything had showed signs that we were going to have an extremely harsh winter. Okay. And up until we we're recording on January 7th, uh, up until now, it has been an extremely mild winter. Okay. Yes. So nature is normally not wrong and uh, old farmers normally aren't either. Uh, so what I'm thinking is it's, uh, it's going to be harsh, but it's going to be very delayed winter. Yes. Uh, we're going to start getting hit in the next couple weeks and it may actually go all the way into March this year. 
And I know one of your favorite catchphrases has been, when the grass starts growing, Rick yep. Barnes forgets how to coach. So maybe right. with this late, harsh winter, the grass will start growing later and we will be a team of destiny this year. That yes, is I, I, I can see the fescue coming in about April this year. And yes. I, I, I think you might be on something, Harp. Yeah, so so th- that's that's uh, go, go ahead and lock in your futures, your future bets for Tennessee to make the Final Four and maybe sprinkle a little bit of a national championship uh, because we're going to have a delayed winter. Uh, we may have a blizzard of 93 on our hands, and if that's the case, <laughs> we might win every uh, tournament game by 20. Uh, UConn did this past year. So uh, as long as we as long as we can can uh, delay mowing season, uh, I think we're going to make a deep run this year. I tell you what, I won't start my mower until they're done. That's what I can. I'll tell you. There you I'll go. You. Buffalo won, by the way. In case you're watching. Yeah, Tua ended the game with a an awful interception. He threw a nice out route to Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like. Um, hey, Harb, uh, here in a couple weeks, we got the Royal Rumble coming up. Are you excited about that? I am extremely excited about that. Uh, I actually think I'm because I work Saturdays now. Um, I think I'm like actually gonna like move around my work schedule for that, uh, as lame as that sounds. Now, we Uh, might you might have to come over and watch it. I'd love to watch it. Have a big Uh, viewing party here. Yeah, uh, Brett and I have been talking about it a little bit. Uh, Marshall's not as interested as he once was, so he hasn't been watching as much. Mm. Which I don't, I don't watch the actual shows because I work while they're on ninety nine percent of the time. But like, I I keep up with it. And I know what's going on. And yeah, anything that's on TV, I watch it. Like I, I try to watch the big pay per views. Um, we need but, to we need to set a menu so we all don't bring some type of chicken over to your house. <laughs> Yeah, I had a, a viewing party here for the bowl game, and I grilled chicken wings. Cruz brought chicken from Chick-fil-A. Bowling brought fried chicken from um, Food, City. Food City. And then Burkhart brought buffalo chicken dip. So <laughs> <laughs> we had all any type of chicken you wanted, it was here. So. I'm not going to lie. That, that situation is pretty foul. Oh, zing. <laughs> hey, zinger. All right, well, I'm 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 wearing down here. So uh, great to be back on the podcast. Hope everybody had a good Christmas and New Year's. We took several weeks off, so we should be back every week from here on out for a while. So uh, glad to be back. Appreciate everybody listening. Remember, you can find us on uh, YouTube, our YouTube channel. Um, you can get us wherever you get your podcast at. I believe most people get them on Apple or uh, Spotify, according to the. Uh, According to the analytics I get sent to me. So um, maybe I, I should bring back my, um, or maybe next week I'll tell you about the uh, Spotify wrapped year in wrap. You know how they did that thing? Oh, yeah. They sent yeah. me that for the podcast. If I had more time, I'd, I'd read it to you, but maybe I'll bring that next week. So, well, fellas, appreciate you coming on. Day Day Ball, he had to go night night already, but Harb, good to have you back. Big Montana, good to have you back. We'll do it again next week on the YY8 podcast. We spend-